0: Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence this evening. Father, today I'd like to speak to you and just what you revealed, Lord, I'd like to repeat it for the people's sake, dear Lord, about Moses, the teacher, and Mount Sinai, and Pentecost, what happened on that day, really, when 3,000 fell on that day. Lord, most people know about the golden calf and the Levites and People say that the Levites slayed 3,000 of them. But Lord, they're missing a very important point of this, and I would like to help get clarity that from your scriptures, dear Lord, and from the entirety of the Bible. And Lord, I'd like to do this in a brief message, that they might dwell upon it and think about it, because it's a marvelous thing that you've done. Lord, when you invited Moses up to the mountaintop, you told him... That he says, you said to him, come up to me. This is in Exodus 24, verse 12. It says, come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. Lord, this is a marvelous thing because there's a very important factor about this. First is our understanding of what the tablets of the stone are. First off, the stone is always symbolic of your word. Symbolic of your word. And you had two of them, two tablets of stone. And Lord, we know that number two is symbolic of the spirit of wisdom. The second spirit of God, the words of wisdom. And what you did, dear Lord, is the stones represented righteousness, and, dear Lord, we pray that people understand, dear Lord, it's your plan for us, dear Lord, for this to be carried out for us. But, Lord, when we talk about Pentecost and Shabbat and Moses coming down the, the mountain with the tablets, we always say that this is the time when they receive the law. But we fail to see what you exactly said because what it is is this tablets of stone symbolically represented the words. And the law is those words that you placed into the stone. And the commandments which you have written are instructions of ways to keep the testimony, of the ways to keep the ways of the words of God. This is what the purpose of the words are to fulfill all these requirements. And if we do that way, which is the work, walking in the way of righteousness, we will live and have eternal life and have great authority. You told us in John fifteen seven that if we would follow you, abide in your way, and abide in your words, that we would have what we desire to us, but nobody really understands that. And Lord, we've tried to teach them about your words, as you've made known to us. Lord, I pray they will receive it because, dear Lord, your words are communication language that reveal your thoughts because your thoughts are written in words which then come to life because words form the great promises. Words form all things. By your spoken word, all thing is made. Your thoughts, your ways are higher than ours. And you told us, Lord, the marvelous story that your yoke is easy and the burden is light. The yoke is if we walk in the way of your words, then all things will be done for us. What we desire will be done for us, but we don't walk in that way. We walk in the way of the world. And our burden is light. Light comes with the entrance of his words, gives light, means you guide our path, and you give us understanding, because it says the words in Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of your words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. And people don't understand that you said in John 17:17 17, 17, that we are to be set apart from the world sanctified made holy set apart from all those of the world by your by God's truth which you said is his words and in Psalms 119:142 we are told that his truth is law God's words is law the commandments were the instructions set of how to keep the words do the way of the words how to live and use them If we think in the ways, if we understand the words and think in the ways of the Ten Commandments, we'll begin to understand how to utilize them because then we know that when we come to you, we're going to have what we desire because we're keeping them within the law frame of the instruction set that goes with these words that unlock your promises. Now, what's important about this statement in Exodus 24, it's in verse 12, it says, Come up to me. On the mountain, and I've explained in the other sermons, uh, other messages, that the mountain is symbolic of the firmament, where the words are. And you came down because it's symbolic of that, and you had them come up to you, just like we are to come up to the firmament. You're showing us the way. And you'll meet us there. And what you said is you these tablets of stone, you'll give them, and the law, and commitments, commandments which you've written and you've explained next that you Moses may teach them now I would like to fast forward to coming down the mountain when Moses came down the mountain you'd sent him back down after the the 40 days that he was up there you sent him back down on the 50th day and it's very interesting I'll go into that in another message about what that 50th day is and when it is exactly. Because we've got that wrong. I've explained how we've totally misinterpreted the end times. And I've explained it from the scriptures and shown that it's 24 and a half years. I've shown what a time is, a times and a half time. I've shown that in Daniel 7. And all these things I say I've shown. I'm only revealing what you have in the scripture. The fullness of the scriptures explains the time of the end. If we will believe it. If we will believe the scriptures, but we want to take this piece or that piece and we don't want to believe the wholeness. For example, we want to believe that the 50th day comes on the 49th day after we leave Egypt. That doesn't even make sense because the 49th day into the, the seven weeks doesn't match what you said is the day you're going to come down from Mount Sinai. Because you said that on the 15th of the month of the third month, they reached they were in front of Sinai. And then three days later, you met them on the mountain. That just happens to be one week more. The 15th is one week more than the seven weeks. So it's telling us that we're counting it wrong. And there are people out there that have the right count. The right count is we measure the seven weeks and then we add the 50 days. And there's a reason for all that. And I'll explain that in another message. But there's a reason you did it exactly that way the 50 is a walking a, a example of our walking but the first 7 weeks is for the purpose of gaining the knowledge of the spirit showing us the way of the seven spirits and how to count our days and how to count our weeks and then after the 50th day that's when the feast is which this year ends up being in July it's always in July it's always it's either going to be um Tammuz 28 or Tammuz 29. It is not Sivan 6. Sivan 6 doesn't even match the scriptures. It's just like in the in the Bible, everybody says at the end times seven years long, and that's not right. It doesn't even add up with, add up with the, the book of Revelation. Nothing fits in a seven-year plan. Because you explain it's not that. The seven years that you're talking about in Daniel 9 is the seven years of the morning which you reign over the earth, which we are now in. Since Nisan 1, we're now in. And even if we go back in the history of when you came to, uh, to the Passover and so on, you began your journey in the winter time. It was winding up to come, and then beginning Nissan on one, you started traveling towards Jerusalem. But you were getting ready to come in the winter time. Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle in the winter and right at the end, when spring had come, they built the tabernacle, Nisan 1. You began the march of being king. In Egypt, you began instructing them how to get ready for the, for the Passover. And you came that week, even as you were traveling the, the week before Passover week, when you were on the earth, they were calling you king. We are talking about an example because you never change your ways. and We should understand that we are in this time now. Where the winter time, we were warned to get ready, just like you said in Matthew twenty-four twenty, Mark thirteen eighteen, and we are now in the time of the rain of the of you. We're in the morning. We're in that time of the Passover. We went through the seven weeks, or in the seven weeks, we're coming to the time now when we're going to start counting the fifty days. It should not start until that seventh, at the end of the seventh week, and then it says. After the seven weeks, you count the. You can read the King James version; it's got it right. According to the scriptures, it's got it right. But not only does it got it right, it's the only one that adds up to correlating the rest of the scriptures about because you said on the same day as they left, two months after, on the third month, on the fifteenth day, the same day as you left the Passover, uh, the in Egypt, they came in front of Mount Sinai. And then three days later, you appear to them. So it's impossible that you're counting the 50 days from the same time as the day after Passover. And we should understand these things because it's very clear in the scriptures. But anyway, we'll go through that in detail in the scriptures. And I have notes that show this to them so you'll be able to see it clearly. But let's talk about Moses. Because there's something very important that we need to understand. Moses received the tablets of the commandments. But while he was up there, he also received the law. So he had the tablets of stone and the law, which is the words of God, the understanding of the ways of the words, and the instruction set that you wrote engraved on those tablets, which are your commandments, on the ways to keep the words, the ways to be doers of the words, and not just hearers only. See, when you came to them on that on that day, which would have been the 18th of Savan, when you appeared to them on the mountaintop and And thunder and lightning and the trumpet sounded and all that. You were trying to get the people to receive the words in their heart. But they wouldn't do it. You knew they wouldn't do it. They were rebellious people, a stiff-necked people. And you tested them and you saw they would not receive it in their hearts. And they asked you to bring it through a, a man. And you said you'll do it through Moses. And you did so you brought Moses up to the mountaintop, which is what we were reading in Matthew, or Exodus 24, and you taught him the law. You taught him the knowledge of the words. And you gave him the commandments on the ways to keep them. On stone, which is stone is symbolic of the words, and that's why it's in the Ark of the Covenant. That's why the stone tablets are there. They're symbolic of the law that you taught Moses the words, and he taught them to the people. Now, when he came down the mountain, and they had the, the golden calf, and he broke the, the Ten Commandments tablets, which he shouldn't have done. But regardless of this, you accepted him because of what he did. When he broke the tablets, stone, he was doing it out of anger, and he should have treated it extremely holy. So you made him build the stone tablets and why was that important because he was remembering that he broke the word the, the the words the words were in that stone so when he did it again he replaced that and put it back in there because if he would have if God would have written another one he would have been saying that my word before was broken he couldn't break it he couldn't make another set of two tablets because the stone represented his words and his words are unbreakable they last forever so he made Moses do it as a repair of the breach that Moses had done. The words can never be broken. The words can never end. They are from the beginning to the end. That's why the Lord could not make two more tablets of stone to replace the other ones because he had put the words there and taught Moses the law. And that's what the, the stone tablet represents. The writing, the Ten Commandments or the instruction set. Now saying that, Moses was taught the law So that he could come down and teach the people. That was the purpose of coming up for the 40 days. So he came down as a teacher of the law and of the instruction set of God. I believe that the Lord was trying to write the words on the heart of the people. And he taught them the the instruction set. If they would have got the instruction set, the Ten Commandments, and then asked the Lord how to do it, he tells you in Proverbs 1, if we will turn to him, he will pour out his spirit on us and cause us to know his words. But he didn't pour out his spirit upon them because they rejected it. So they wanted it brought through another man. So Moses had to be a doer of the words for them. So what Moses did when he came down in Exodus 32, he was very upset. And it says here in chapter 25, well, let's start with 21. Uh, maybe we should go back up a little bit. Let's go to 17, Exodus 32:17, and we'll read down to, uh, to um, at least 29. It says here in 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, because he was waiting for Moses on the mountain, "There is a noise of war in the camp, But he said, no, it is not the noise of the shout of victory." nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. So it was as soon as they came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot, and he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which they had made, burned it in the fire, ground it to powder, and he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. That's very important to understand. It was like drinking colloidal, uh, colloidal gold. It was a reminder to them of the sin that they'd committed, that they were using it as a correction. He was using it as a correction. It was like going back and, re- and removing that gold from them, from that sin, to remind them of that sin forever. It was, it was like you're giving a cold cup of correction. That's what Jesus says when you give a cold cup to a child, you'll never lose your reward. That's what he was doing. He understood the way of the words is what I'm pointing out. Moses, from this point on, was teaching the people through every action that he did. He was teaching the way of the words. He gave them a cold cup of correction. And therefore, he knew that the Lord would bring the correction. So he was covering up their sin by doing it this way. So Aaron said, do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know that the people, are, they are set on evil, for they said to me, Make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it into fire, and this calf came out. See, Moses was led, I mean, Aaron was being led by an evil spirit at this time, clearly, being twisted by this. But the Lord was allowing it to be detested for them and it was also for those people. And God didn't, um, he was angry at Aaron but he didn't chastise him because of the way he did it. But it was a punishment. It was very severe what happened. Anger of God upon him. And Aaron had some issues over the times like the time with Miriam and so on. But let's get back to the scriptures. I'm going to go on to the important part. And the next verse is becomes a really important part. You already see that Mo- Moses was already teaching them the way of the words by giving them a cold cup of correction, by taking that water that had been there. And this water is prophetic water. Uh, I'll explain that another time. But w- what it is, is it, it, it's prophetic water. It's coming. Um, and the Lord was providing all the time. So he gave it to him. But anyway, the an important part is it's cold water with the gold, powder in it, like colloidal gold. Uh, If you understand what colloidal gold is, it's good for you. What this does is it gives correction. Gold is symbolic of the eternal thing. And this is the gold, understand that this is the gold that they collected, that the Lord had them go collect from the people of Egypt. So this was of God, and they had used it wrongly, and he was giving them correction to bring it back to the right way. No longer would they wear it. They drank it. It goes on, and it went to their stomach. And it goes in their stomach, it changes the desire, because the stomach is symbolic of what our desire to eat is. What kind of food, what kind of word do we want to eat? That's what goes to our heart, what our heart desires will eat. Well, that way we do it this way, we're desiring correction. Because they had said Moses wasn't coming back. And Moses came back with the tablets. But not only did he come back with the tablets... He came back with wisdom, knowledge, understanding. He says, now when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. Remember that all the time they were there, they were always being spied on from everybody. And can you imagine the enemies saw them make that golden cap? Then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. The Levites are the only ones that hadn't made that gold calf. Now this is where it gets interesting because most people don't understand what happened here. Now remember that Moses knew the Ten Commandments and he could not break them. They are the law of God. He had to love his neighbor. He had to not kill. The desire is not to kill correction should come from the words and we are to be judged by the words of God as we see in John 12, 4, 8, Hosea 6, 5. So he had to use the words of God in a way to judge the people to bring them to correction. Now remember, God was white hot as this. he wanted to kill all these people but Moses interceded for him on a mountain before he came down without even knowing everything they'd done. It says... He knew that they had gone into idolatry. God had told them. This is what he said to them. So he gathered themselves together. He says, Who was ever on the Lord's side come to me and all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him because they had not supported the work of, the, of uh, building the golden calf and did not participate in They were to be the priests. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man... Put his sword on his side, and go in and out from the entrance to the camp, in and out from entrance to entrance throughout the camp, and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. About three thousand men of the and, and about three thousand men of the people fell that day. Now, this is important to understand. They did not go and take their swords off their side and stab these people. No. They don't kill. The law of God is they will not do this to one another at this time. What Moses was doing was showing them the way of the words. And I'm telling you, the Lord tells us in the second seal judgment, he is giving the great sword. Neither the people will use it like a sword of the world or they'll use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And he told them to put that sword on their side. And they walked through the camp going through entrance to entrance. It does not say they went out and stabbed those people. The people fell because the word of God judged them. If they were people supporting and people uh, uh, promoting this idea to go to the idols, They would die, because the word of God would strike them as they go through the door. Remember, they went through the entrance of their houses. Remember Egypt. I've taught on this: how coming out of Egypt, they were to build themselves into a nation. But these people were wanting to go back to Egypt. They were not trying to be of the nation of Israelites. They were trying to make their own. So three thousand of them fell that day, out of how many million? One and a half, one one million two hundred some, or at least six hundred and some thousand men if they were going killing and going house to house killing the people it would have been a different story but they didn't do it that way they didn't say oh he knew this guy sinned and he went and killed him he let god do it god judged the people the sword the word of the lord made them fall dead that day they didn't have to cut him with the sword they left it on their side he did exactly what moses said because it says according to the word of moses The word that Moses was coming by was the words of God, which is the law of God. So Moses had it. When they walked through there, they saw the witness of the Spirit of the Lord judging the people, and they fell dead that day. Why is that important? There are examples of the 3,000. When you go to Acts 2.41, you see at the Pentecost, when the power of the Lord fell. It says then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about three thousand souls were added to them. What that day was, on that particular day, Pentecost fully come, which we'll explain in another message, which is the one I've told you about. It's the seven weeks plus the fifty days. That's Pentecost fully come. That is important for you to understand as what I'm showing here to today. That is the beginning of the manifestation of the separation judgment if we're not prepared by that day many who have scoffed at his words many who have mocked the lord and would not come out many shepherds are going to be judged that day and struck that day i believe it with all my heart because the lord did it before he's going to do it again on that day of pentecost Three thousand souls, about three thousand were returned, so about three thousand fell at Pentecost in at Mount Sinai, and in Jerusalem about three thousand fell. And this year is the year of the separation judgment of the Lord. He's been saying it, prophesying, and the scripture testifies to it. I'm expecting that when Pentecost comes, very soon there'll be people struck down by God. And it's going to be by the sword. I think that instead, the, remember the last time the fire, the, the fire came around them? Like tongues of fire fell upon them. And they began to speak in languages all over the world, the 70 nations. Because it says very clearly in Acts 2 that people were gathered from every nation all over the earth. The devout Jews were gathered. And this year there's going to be a revival between now and that Pentecost. Because people are going to wake up to the knowledge of the words because the spirit is going to move. What happened on that Sivan 18, the day that the Lord came down to his mountaintop and its spirit shook the people and the, and, the, and the sound of the trumpet, the silver trumpets blasted and the earth shook and the people got fearful. The spirit moved upon those people that day. And then 40 days later, the law came. And those who would not wait, those who mocked it, those who scoffed Moses, those who scoffed about the word, there's a plague coming upon them. It says in Zechariah 14, 12, if they come against his people, they're going to receive that plague in Zechariah 14, 12. But also the Lord is showing at this time many will die. They fell it the first time. This time it may be they received that plague in Zechariah 14, 12. I don't know. But God's going to make a mark. Because the separation judgment comes at spent cost. We are going to be judged by his words, John twelve forty eight. The Day of Atonement is still going to be the Day of Atonement. And the Lord is going to seal his people, I believe, on Simshat Torah, which is the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles. I believe that's when he's going to do it. We're going to know. But the signs, we should know the signs. He told us to know the signs. But the day and hour has come. And we are in the process that God has done. He's made known his day. He made known his hour. This is it. Judgment time is at hand. He's told us this. And it's going to shock everybody when it comes because they do not know. They're not keeping Pentecost. They don't understand the way of Pentecost. They don't understand what its purpose is. It's the signal of the separation judgment to get his nation formed. It's a summer harvest festival. It's not the spring harvest. It should have been. It should have been right before the spring, so they're ready to do all the work. And I believe he's calling his fishermen right now, the disciples for this end time. It's going to go out with the words of God, because they're going to receive it. They're going to be like Moses, they're going to get that word, and then he's going to send them out. And when that word goes out at Pentecost, what happened back in the time of the disciples, the, the cities, the devil started working? Because when the power falls, it falls seven times greater, and the devil is allowed to come seven times more stronger, bring more seven times more demons when the people reject his spirit. The Holy Spirit. When he talks about the Holy Ghost fell, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The, the full measure of the Spirit of God that's in his words fell that day. They began to hear those words and about 3,000 turned and then every day people were added to it. Because they begin to understand what the knowledge of God is. The, the God who made all things by his words is trying to give you the inheritance from the beginning that he set aside for you, which is the knowledge of the word. Because what's he say in John 10, 34 37? He says, those to whom the word comes, they become like little gods. That's sons of God. They become inherited. They become of the kingdom of God. And this is the time of the birthing of the kingdom of God. The Lord has already been given the authority to reign as king. And Babylon has already been taken away their authority to reign at all. We should understand these things. I hope that this message helps you understand that Moses came to teach the people that day. And see, the words of God are supposed to be written in our doors. Read Deuteronomy 649, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen to 21. And they showed that when they went in and out of the door of every tent, if those people were guilty, God struck them dead. If they were instigators in the camp thing, they were struck dead. It wasn't the Levites that had to do it. A sword was on their side according to the, the word of Moses they did. The word had the power, not the arms of the Levites. And so God accepted them for that. If you go on and read in Exodus thirty-two twenty-nine, then Moses said after that was done, he says, consecrate, consecrate yourselves today to the Lord. Consecrate, how do you consecrate? That means sanctify. How do you sanctify? You sanctify by setting yourself apart from the world by his word. John seventeen seventeen, It's his words, God's words that you set apart. That he may bestow on you a blessing this day. For every man has opposed his son and his brother. See, every person in that camp was also being judged, all of them. They put that sword on their side and he says, let every man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, let every man put his sword on his side. And then go in and out from entrance to entrance throughout the camp. And let every man kill his brother. And if it was the Levites that did it, which is what it sounds like, I'm sure they had to go through every 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 Levite. Every Levite went took a section and went through the doors and entrance. That's all they had to do. They had, they had to go in and check what the people had. They had to go in the door and back out the door. Because what they did is the word of God entered that house and judged those people. Three thousand, About 3,000 fell that day by the word of God. Moses came down teaching the knowledge of the words. We haven't understood that. That's the words that is the law that Pentecost is all about. That's the words that the disciples talked about on, on Pentecost and Acts. It's the words we're talking about this time. It's the knowledge of the words of truth that we're to be sanctified for, set apart obeying the Lord in John 17:17, 17, 17, obeying the Lord in Joel 212 to 20, which it says in there, sanctify the congregation, set them apart like it was in the days of Moses. He didn't commit a sin there by killing the people or killing the neighbor, every neighbor against themselves. That would have break the Ten Commandments. That would have break the instruction set of God of how to keep the words. He didn't do that. He did the way of the words and God judged them because the word of God judges us, John 12:48. He handed it over to the Lord. If you go in wanting to kill the people, that's wrong. If you go in wanting the the nation to be cleansed, that's a different thing. Because what you're wanting is the righteousness that all the whole nation can be birthed in the kingdom and the glory of the Lord can be brought forth. Because this is what we're doing at this time. The kingdom of God is time to come and you're to be of it. But if you're not for the kingdom, if you're looking to stay in the world, you're not of it. If your leader is going to Washington, negotiating with these world leaders and helping the president and all these other kind of things and helping them bring forth a united religion, you're wrong. And that Pentecost, you might be very ashamed. You might find yourself among those fallen. Or you might find yourself among those with the, Zach, or the plagues of Zachariah 14.12. Don't let that happen. Turn, repent, return to the Lord, receive the knowledge of his words, understand what gave Moses, understand what Moses really did, and understand what Pentecost really represents. I ask you to pray about this and dwell with the Lord on this and let him bring you to the truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your greatness and the power of your word. Let the people be thirsty for your truth and let them come to you. In Jesus' name, amen.